Welcome to this week's episode of the World of Roofing podcast, hosted by John Kenny of Cotney's Attorneys and Consultants and Andrew Rowley of RoofMapping.com, where we will introduce you to a new roofing industry craftsman from around the world. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of World in Roofing. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Before we start here today, we're our our subscribership is way up, and we couldn't be even more pleased. Um, today, again, I'm John Kenny with Cottony Consulting Group, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Rowley of RoofMapping.com. If you haven't checked out RoofMapping.com, you absolutely have to. There is a huge amount of beautiful roofs and craftsmanship on there. And we also recently started posting some historical uh, stuff that dates back to a lot of uh, roof systems. So, a- Andrew, wanted to say a little bit about roof mapping. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, if you haven't visited, please do. It's just a, a platform. You know, it's, it's free to, to view, to put information on, but it's a place for you to showcase your work, your products, and just really to really elevate the roofing industry. There's some great work that you guys are doing out there. And I just want to show everybody what's above their heads, um, because most people don't appreciate the roof until there's a problem. And we just want to change that. We want to show them all the great work that's being done by the skilled, you know, operatives, craftspeople, whatever you want to call them, but they're doing some good work and we want to promote that. Uh, and yeah, as you say, today we've put on one of your historic ones from the Detroit Masonic Temple, um, back done in 1906, I think, or 1926. But yeah, if, if anyone's listening that have done refurbs on that, then let us know, because we'd love to build up a picture of various roofing projects and how they've been refurbed and what materials have been used, etc., over the years. Because some of these historic buildings are still standing and, and going strong now because of your hard work. Yeah, that, that stays right in line with what we're doing here with World of Roofing. We're out here trying to get, you know, promote the industry and uh, let, so we can get people that are new thinking about the industry or even in the industry to see what's going on all around the world. So today, speaking of around the world, we have our special guest, Graham Miller, here joining us from Scotland, and Graham is the current president of the International Federation of Roofing Trade, IFD, and also has his own company and has a huge um, background and history in the roofing industry as well. So, Graham, welcome, and I'd like to kind of turn it over to you. Thanks very much, John. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Graham Miller. As John said, I've been a roofing contractor for uh, 37 years now and managing director of my own company for that uh, amount of time. Uh, my role at the IFD, some people, people always ask, International Federation of the Roofing Trade, where does the D come in? Well, the D is for Dakin Works because we are a, a, a German and English speaking organization. We translate everything into two languages and the Dakin Works stands for roofing trade. Uh, DAC is roofing and uh, works is trade. So that's where the International Federation of DAC and Works comes from, the International Federation of the Roofing Trade. And it was, uh, it began its life uh, with Austrian, uh, German and Swiss influence. And then the Netherlands came in. And I joined the IFD as a, a fairly young guy, uh, just the back end of the last century, as a pitch roofing representative for the National Federation of Roofing Contractors, who are the kind of British equivalent, I suppose, of the NRCA. And uh, during that time, I I sat on various committees, kind of like John Kerry, our 
presenter today as well has has done and is doing at the moment on the waterproofing and thanks for that john sure and the waterproofing commission uh, so I, I began that way and they must have saw some thing in me at some stage because in Bucharest in 2014, our annual congress, I was uh, voted onto the board of the IFD and in 2019 I had the great honour of being uh, inducted as president of the IFD in my home city of Edinburgh. Uh, at, again at our annual congress which was held in Edinburgh Castle, a very historic site. Talking about history, that, that's uh, whilst the IFD is 70 years old this year, my roofing background goes way back. I, uh, my great-great-grandfather, uh, William John Miller, he began our uh, family roofing business in 1868 when he was uh, awarded the contract at Fetty's College. It was a very famous school in the centre of Edinburgh. And he was the master slater, roof slater on that particular project. And that's how our family business really began. Uh, it was passed down to my uh, great-grandfather, John Miller, in about 1904, 1905. I have photographs of him in 1914. Uh, and, and they had over a thousand employees at that time. So wow. a very large uh, business. Of course, that was towards the end of Victorian times in, in the UK and Britain. And uh, it was very much part of the Industrial Revolution. So lots of houses being built and lots of uh, roofs being put onto these, uh, these buildings. And as Andrew said, the most important part and I'm biased here, the most important part of any building is the thing that keeps the water out, and that's the roof. So my, uh, the company was uh, basically decimated employee-wise by the first war, and my uh, grandfather, William John, who I knew uh, relatively well towards the end of his life, he took on the business from my great-grandfather, John, and he had three sons, one of them being my father, Ian Miller, uh, William John Miller, but uh, nicknamed Ian. And then my brother was born and he took over the company from my father. So both my brother and I are fifth generation roofing contractors. So we, we go back a long way in this industry. Uh, some of my competitors reckon that I was uh, born with a silver spoon in my mouth because I went into the family business at a fairly early age. But uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Anybody that knows it's worked in a family business, and you'll know this, John, is you get all the hard work to do. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Sure. So that's, that's kind of where I came from. Uh, I, have, I only have 15 employees these days. My company is a bit smaller than it uh, was in the past, and that's on purpose because I'm starting to work down to the end of my working life. I'll be 64 re relatively shortly in just a few weeks. So I'm, I'm considering uh, taking it a bit easier this year and maybe taking it a bit uh, more easier the following year and maybe getting out in the golf course or, or, or something like that. But the business will, will continue. We had uh, three roofing businesses in Edinburgh, well, two in Edinburgh and one in Peebles. And my brother ran uh, William Miller and Sons, which was the original family business. We also had a, a company that was instigated in 1810, so very old business. 
that was run by my uncle Andrew, and he also and the family also owned Bain and Irvin. And when it was time for me to run my own business, uh, Bain and Irvin was the one that was chosen for me. And uh, Bain and Irvin was a company that was instigated in 1946 by Willie Bain and George Irvin, and at that time. Uh, Willie Bain didn't last too long. I'm, I'm not sure what happened to him, but George Irvin continued. Him and my uncle Andrew were very, very good friends, and Andrew bought the business from him in 1974. And as I say, I, I, I came down to Peebles in 1987 to run this business after having had my training with my older bro uh, brother at William Miller and Sons. So that kind of, that kind of, uh, sums it up John I suppose I, 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 there's a lot to be more to be said I suppose but uh, perhaps you could prompt me on a few things that I haven't sure. mentioned. Sure well I'm glad you shared that rich history with us I, I, I myself had no idea that you could trace the roots back uh, through family all the way to the early 1800s like that I knew it was a, a long time from some of the conversations we have about that's that's fantastic um, and I also didn't know a thousand employees during the Victorian time I couldn't even imagine the hustle and bustling that had to go on then, too. I mean, it's not like today where you move around quick, well, except for traffic, quick and fast and easy. But, I mean, everything then was handcrafted, handmade, hand-hauled. Wow, that's amazing. And, and mostly in these days, slating uh, was our thing. There was over 200 slate quarries in Scotland uh, in the mid-19th century, around 1850 producing millions and millions of slates. And of course, what happened was that the railways came in about the same time. So a lot of the exporting of our uh, famous quarries in the northwest of Scotland ended up all over the UK. And, and there was very many uh, UK quarries generally. There must have been over four, 400, I would think, quarries in the UK at that time, separate quarries, including the famous... Uh, quarries in Wales and uh, in Cumberland at Westmoreland and Cornwall where they produced the Delible slate. So yeah, rich history in slating. Unfortunately, no more. We, we do not have any slate quarries in Scotland anymore. They became uh, less than productive over the, over the sort of back end of the 19th century into the 1920s, 1930s when they started to close down. Where do you get your slate from now? Most of the slate coming into Scotland is uh, from Spain, John. Um, I, I do import some from the United States, uh, Vermont, uh, greens and reds. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, if, if a specific client is looking for something a little bit different, uh, I would prefer to use UK quarries. Uh, I would prefer to use the Welsh quarries and uh, certainly the Westmoreland quarries where the, the quality of both these quarries uh, are, are superlative. I mean, the quality of the slate coming out there is fantastic. But unfortunately, we're talking about £4, between £3.50 and £4 a slate. That's about $5 a slate. So it's becoming, it's becoming extremely expensive to slate a roof with homegrown uh, natural products, I have to say. So we can buy in Spanish slate at, you know, about one dollar fifty. I would think in your your money, uh, which is uh, and the quality is reasonable. So it's a it's a no brainer to to put them on roofs. Sure. 
you know? That's a big difference there. I know when I was in the Northeast and earlier in my career, there's three places we got our slate from, either out of Pennsylvania, which usually had the dark blacks and the gray, real hard lines, and New York had good quarries in it. And then, of course, we did a lot of the Vermont slate as well. So, yeah, yeah. I know the slate. Vermont slate's really known for its beautiful colors, for sure. There's there's a number of houses in, uh, not far from where I am that's that's got red slate on it. Uh, almost looks like a tiled roof, in fact, uh, if to the uninitiated. And it's not until you get closer up to it, you realize it's a slate. And that'll be from the Vermont quarries or, or in that area, I would have thought that red color. Uh, but there's a few of them uh, about here. But Spain is the main importer. We just finished a job uh, with an Argentinian slate from River. It's called the Riverstone slate. It's nice and it, uh, it complies with all the stringent regulations that we have over here, of course. You know, uh, tensile strength, absorption, um, sulfur content, you know, the A1, T1, S1 gradients that you need to to have. Uh, so the, the Argentinian slate is good. Uh, we've had some poor imports from China. I hope the Chinese Waterproofing Association, I'm not going to hear this one, but uh, they're good friends of ours at IFD, but they can't produce any decent slate, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, the so let's, let's is the stick to flat stuff. Like, right, the big key to slate is the veins in the quarries. You either get a good vein or you got a bad vein. Absolutely. Really, I've, I've got a lot yeah, I've, I've used a lot of slate from Newfoundland as well, uh, uh, up in the islands there. Uh, nice quality of slate, but they can only seem to quarry about six months a year as opposed to, we're quarrying 12 months a year here, you know, sure. in Wales, for example. Because the weather, despite what they may say about Scottish and English and Welsh weather, the weather isn't too bad here in the wintertime, being an island. Get the mildness from the water being around you. Absolutely. Coming from your Gulf Stream, John. Yeah, we like to always send the warm weather over from Florida for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One other thing I definitely would like to cover, if you wouldn't mind, Graham, uh, going back to the IFD, um, one of the things we always like to do is promote, you know, the youth coming up through. Um, And I know the IFD has a lot of competitions and uh, things coming up promoting the youth. You want to tell us a little bit about how that works? Yeah, well, the IFD has always been about training young people. Uh, but as a, an organization that has 21 countries, well, 20 until we had to remove Russia recently, uh, but 20 countries under our belt, uh, we are very keen to promote training in all these countries. Most of these countries, um, well, not most, I would say half of these countries have very, very good training systems. The UK has a very good training system. The, there is nothing better than the German system of training. Austria, Switzerland, the Netherlands. Uh, fantastic training facilities for young kids coming through. The Eastern Europeans is where we're trying to concentrate on because the Eastern Europeans struggle with it on, in two ways, standards and quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, that's something we do work on with Estonia, Lithuania, Latvia, where we held the last uh, world championships for young roofers. Now that's a competition that um, takes place every second year. It's um, it, it's uh, in four disciplines. Uh, we have flat roofing, uh, which I see you guys doing a lot in training. Uh, you know, the IRE exhibition, for example. Uh, 
Yep. Uh, we have pitched, which is my thing, slating and tiling. We have uh, metal uh, and we have facade. These are the four separate disciplines. Facade is, uh, you know, external cladding uh, to buildings. And, and these are all on models. And, and the vast majority of the countries send to uh, two employees or two representatives to compete in the World Championships. And the World Championships go back to, I think 1992 was the first one, and we'll be uh, staging it every second year since, apart from 2021, which was gonna be a highlight for us in going to Beijing to stage the World Championships over there. But unfortunately, due to COVID, uh, that had to be canceled. So what has happened is that uh, the Swiss have taken it on. Sorry, it was 2020, it should have been in uh, Beijing. Uh, so the Swiss have taken it on this year uh, and uh, it will go to St. Gallen, uh, which is on the east, uh, on, the, on the German border there. And it's a wonderful tournament for young kids to get involved in. Unfortunately, you have to be a full member of the IFD to be able to send a, a competing team. Uh, this is a rule that goes way back. And, and the NRCA do not have, they're not uh, full members, full voting members of our organisation. And that's something I would really like to happen because it wouldn't it be fantastic if uh, the NRCA could send over uh, two or three teams to our world championships. Uh, I think that would really uh, uh, get together with the, the fact that you're, you've got a training issue in the United States. I don't think there's any doubt about that. that Correct. And I, and I know you're doing a fantastic job in that, John, with you and, and Courtney uh, consulting, uh, getting the message out there to young people. And, and older people. It's not just the young people we should be training. It should be everybody. You know, everybody that can pick up a torch or pick up a slate hammer should have the opportunity to learn our industry. So, yeah, I would, I would like to think that the NRCA could, uh, could send a team at some stage and on the back of that host a world championship. We're, we're going to Budapest and Hungary in 2024, but wouldn't it be fantastic? if the NRCA could stage uh, World Championships in 2026. That would be a, a nice dream to have, and uh, I don't see any reason why it can't happen. Well, that's something I'll do what I can on my end to work as a liaison to see if we can make that happen. Well, I, I, I speak to Reid now and again, so I, I don't know if he'll be listening to this, but uh, he knows my feelings on it. We need to... We need to get the young guys over to Europe and, and learn our ways of uh, doing things and train yeah. to, that, to, to that standard, you know? Absolutely. And it's a great experience for them too, to see other parts of the world. It's not just about putting nails onto a board. It's about, uh, it's about learning cultures and, and, and things like that. No, I agree 100% there. That's what I enjoy so much, working with different organizations around the world. Um, you know, we, we even talked on our... Uh, on our calls, when, when you know, on the different committee calls, and you know, different languages and different cultures, but roofing kind of unites us all. I mean, that's that bond, you know, regardless where you live and roof, you do it, it's a common bond, you do it the same way. Techniques might be a little different, but it's still a roof's a roof. 
Well, the techniques aren't as maybe as different as you think. I mean, I speak to the durable guys and uh, you know the, the the North Slating contractors yeah. in the United States, and and our methods are not all that different from from theirs. We use the same products. We use slate. We use tile, and we put nails in them, and we fix them to roofs, and and we use the same cover, and yeah, everything is uh, is much the same. But yeah, the, the NRCA have been great supporters of the IFD, but I'd just like to see them uh, perhaps uh, just taking it up a notch and, and and see if we can get some young kids over here to, particularly to Budapest, because that, that would be a chance to uh, to ramp up the, the, the training for them and, and give them a bit of Hungarian culture, which we all enjoy when we go over there. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds like a very good, uh, good idea. And a- Good goal. We'll hopefully we can all get that together. Uh, Andrew, I want to kick it to you. Do you have any uh, particular questions, specific questions you'd like to ask? No, I was just thinking when you were talking about the history of your, your family, is that do you know of any roofs that were done like by your great great grandparents that you're still maintaining now as a roofing company? Yeah, the Fetis College, the one that my great great grandfather uh, slated under in 1868, we still uh, we still look after some of the maintenance wow, okay. on that building. Yeah. Uh, it's the school has expanded significantly over the years. So yes, we do. And in fact, I'm working as a consultant on a fairly big project down there at the moment, uh, okay. or up there at the moment. And it's uh, it's an 1880 cricket pavilion that was built uh, by one of the former pupils of Fetis College. And it's uh, it's a rosemary tile. It's a handmade clay tile that's going on it. So it's it's lovely. Love it. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to send any details, I'm more than happy to get those on the roof and start building up, you know, your family profile on there. Because yeah, yeah, it's absolutely fine. History that. behind them as well. That'd be great. Yeah, we're 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 proud of the family and in, in respect of it's not been without its ups and downs, oh, no. and and that was one of the reasons my mum, good old mum, is gone now, but. Uh, she didn't want me to go into the roofing industry because she'd basically had enough of it. And uh, there, there I was, uh, quite a talented golfer towards the end of my school days and doing well at school and getting my qualifications. Why would you want to go into the roofing industry? So I, I, I kind of did a couple of other things um, towards the end of my school days and, and I, looked, uh, I looked at other potential workplaces, but nothing really struck a chord uh, the same as the roofing uh, industry did. Once it's in your DNA, it never goes away. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it, John. Well, very good. Um, Graham, is there any closing words you'd like to say uh, before we close this one up for today? Well, uh, just uh, thanks for inviting me, guys. It's, uh, it's always nice to speak to Andrew and Wolverhampton there and, and yourself, John, in the heat of Florida. I'm missing, we, we had a home in Florida for uh, about 12 years and uh, we sold it recently because we couldn't get out there. So I'm missing that. So I'm missing your heat at this time of year because it's just about perfect in, in March, April time. It's not yeah. too hot, not too cold. Uh, so I'm missing that for sure. But I'm over in the States in a couple of weeks. Uh, so looking forward to coming over. We're going over to the US Masters Golf Tournament, my wife and I. Oh, very nice. So, I'll be over there and uh, hoping to meet up with uh, some of your roofing guys. If I see them in the street, I'll, I'll, I'll knock on the door. 
Give him a shout out. Very good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah. Thanks. Listen. Thanks for asking. It's been it's been a pleasure as always. To, yeah, our pleasure to, to have you on. And great information. <laughs> Love the sharing of your family history and taking the time to explain to us about the uh, training and the events at IFD. Uh, fantastic. Uh, another world of roofing. So. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody. And again, keep on listening. Find us out there on the web and the podcast world and all the good places. And Andrew's always uh, posting off of the roof mapping with it. So you guys got a ton of ways to follow us. So keep on and uh, keep our interesting guests going. Thanks again. Take care, everybody. Cheers, bye.